basically what's so important about all these stages is that there's a concentration, a high concentration of sellers per how many people you're mailing to. And at first, as you go along, your sales is going to suck. Your sales skills are going to suck. You're progressing. You're getting better. You're getting better. And there is nothing more important to a direct mail campaign than good sales skills and good follow-up. Hi guys, welcome back to part two of this direct mail series here at Carrot. Now you guys might be asking, why are we doing a direct mail series here at Carrot when we are the online marketing guys? So like, so like we said in the first video, um, one of the biggest things you need to focus on as a real estate, as investors, you want consistency. You want consistency in your business. You want to be able to have more predictability uh, so you can gain momentum with your business. And the more parts of your marketing that you uh, add to the mix, the more consistency you can get. Because uh, while you're building up your online side of things, while you're building up and stacking those bricks and creating content that ranks well in Google and creating location pages that rank well and launching uh, you know, AdWords campaigns if you have those types of budgets, it's really important to get things in that are proven to work quickly, proven to work in almost every single market, probably every market, uh, depending on the strategy, every market, depending on the strategy for sure. And then the next thing is this can also add more and more consistency to your business because as other things ebb and flow, this can also help you just be amazingly consistent. So in this video, what we're going to be talking about is really uh, the lists and where you get those lists, what lists are working well, how you get them. And then we're also going to be talking about kind of the strategy behind your direct mail. The previous video, we talked kind of introduction numbers, direct mail pieces, like the actual piece. Now we're talking about once that thing's out the door. Um, you know, how do we get it out the door? Who do we mail it to? And how often do we mail it to them? And there's a few other things that we'll talk about too with ROI and other things. So I'm going to toss back over to Todd. I'm going to reintroduce Todd in case you guys weren't in the first video. But uh, Todd is with Yellow Letter HQ, the owner of that company, an investor. And now he helps tons of other real estate investors around the country get great returns with their direct mail, um, small markets, big markets, medium markets, all kinds of stuff. So he's going to be coming back here. Let's talk about lists now, Todd. So when someone uh, is looking to now do direct mail, uh, number one, what's the first thing that they should do to identify who should I send this to? Uh, what right. do they do next? Who do they go to? Or is there a resource they should go to to find that? Well, hopefully uh, they're going to to listen to our first part of the video and kind of start yep. off wherever they're at, right? So they're going to be kind of doing this through a progression and they're going to be starting off driving for dollars and then they're going to be starting off with those niche lists. Now I touched on that in the first video and I'm going to touch on it one, one other time. There's a list, those niche lists are really, really important. Mm -hmm. And so what you're, again, what you're exchanging though is the hustle for the result, right? Yep. Um, you're not, you can't, it's much easier if you got a grip of money, to to go do a twenty or thirty thousand mail camp piecemeal campaign, but your results are not going to be the same, right? Mm -hmm. As if you went in, you focused on, and you paid attention to who was who was selling, and so <clears throat> we're not yet at yet at the broad niche list where we go to places that do predictive modeling and all that, and they look into the souls and who's sold for cash. Right now, we're kind of we did the driving for dollars. That's step number one. Mm. Step number two is now we're getting into niche list. What are we doing? We are <clears throat> researching every gosh darn niche list we have and trying to acquire it ourselves by hiring a very inexpensive, very a skill that is in is in plentiful, uh, you know, uh, supply on Upwork and places like Fiverr, to where we go into the public records and we and we get data. 
We get data on evictions. We get data on probate. We get data on divorce. We get data on tax delinquent. And you accumulate all of those. Mm -hmm. And you accumulate all those over time. And so that's also a, a fundamental, there's, there's a momentum to that, right? And so then we're, we're plugging along from there and your team's growing. And so I want to touch on this briefly. What's so important about all these stages is that there's a concentration, high concentration of sellers per how many people you're mailing to. Mm -hmm. And at first, as you go along, your sales is going to suck. Your sales skills are going to suck. You're progressing. Yeah. You're getting better. You're getting better. And there is nothing more important to a direct mail campaign than mm -hmm. good sales skills and good follow-up. Mm. And so as you go along through that progression, now, okay, you have all these niche lists. And man, that's going to take you three, four, five, six months and a lot of time, energy, and effort. Maybe not a lot of dough, but time, energy, and effort to get. But as soon as you got that and you built that momentum and you have these little systems pulling mm. in all these, these records, you're golden, right? And then now you're, you're graduating to the unknown equity the, you know, the absentee, the absentee in a lot of markets, even metropolitan markets, if you're sending enough is still a killer, killer list. Mm. So I'm rambling and I even forgot the original question, you, you, but you, that's, go ahead. You, you're good, man. Yeah. So one, one question that might be popping up for people that are kind of newer to this okay. is in, in this video, we understand guys, there's gonna be really experienced investors watching this and everything in between from the beginner. And so if someone's pulling that data, uh, what types of things should they be, be, be pulling from that contact record that you are going to want to see if you're gotcha. sending that mail form? Gotcha. And so a lot of on these public records, it's not always going to have this data, but what you want obviously is a name. Yep. You want a mail address complete and a property address that, that's concerning. They might be the same, mm. right? And if you go through this process, you're going to, you're going to say, you're going to find out sometimes it only has the mail address, but not the property or the property and not the mail. Mm. There's things you can do there. Right. And that's maybe a whole podcast in itself, yep. but you can go to places like Melissa data and these people who are helping you build these web scrapers can kind of lead you in the right mm -hmm. way too to append this information for, for really, really cheap. Right. Okay. And I don't want to make this sound overcomplicated, and it's going to sound really complicated. It's fundamentally basic in nature, and to add one point, direct why I love direct mail so much is not sophisticated. Mm -hmm. It's very, very fundamental. And so these things kind of sound like there's all these different steps. After you do it once or twice, like, oh, I get it. And yeah. so you replicate that step of getting that lead source to another one, and then another one, and then another one. And now, guess what? Because I sit in this seat, and I talk to just about every investor – that I know or can know, right? I know that they don't implement it. So mm -hmm. if you're one of those hustlers who knows that, Hey, I, I'm going to win here no matter what. Yep. If you focus in on that one strategy of gathering those niche lists and do that driving for dollars, there's a million dollar plus business in there for you right there, right there. Yep. But your competition's not doing it because they go right to the, the, the bigger, easier to get lists. Mm -hmm. They do work right? Uh, they work better at scale with sales teams, mm -hmm. but they, they do work. You just have a, a decreased uh, ROI. And that's when people start feeling, feeling the pinch a little bit. Yeah. And the people who succeed in the leveraging of direct mail on this, the common list are the guys who are really good in sales mm. and re really, really good follow-up. And dude, that, that's, that's a really good point that I want to bring out too is, is, is uh, Brent and, and Adam, right? They were at Carrot Camp when you were out here. And one thing that they had mentioned, I can't remember if it was there or, or later, but they did mention, hey, one of our best methods that no one's doing is like, Either they were, but now they're paying people to go down to the courthouse physically where they live anyway, 
to get that data and they're getting it uh, weeks, days, months, I don't know, but way before uh, when right. they end up landing on the big data aggregator. So right. people might be listening to this going, okay, so uh, what, what, what does Todd mean by the bigger, the, the bigger sources? Well, there's the, um, I don't know, what, what are some of those, those bigger sources where people do grab lists? Sure, there's REWW, there's list source, mm-hmm. there's PropStream. Um, PropStream is a really good source right now. You can get a lot of good stuff on there mm-hmm. and, uh, you can get tax liens and different stuff like that. And so they're pulling different, different liens, unknown data, unknown data for these bigger lists are something that, uh, um, that basically without getting into a long story about it, interfamily transfer deeds, and there's no record of anymore of how much loan information is there or uh, when it was bought. And so every time any other investor goes to pull that information, they go to pull it and it's not there anymore. And so it's not, it falls off of their list. So mm. people go out and capture just that list. Now that list is, I've been using that list since 2009 and it's a great list and it's very much in vogue now. And yeah. a lot more guys know about it, but not everybody. Mm-hmm. It's still a fruitful list because that person has owned a property for a long time. And the likelihood if you're marketing at scale, is that that person has a house that it needs some work and it would be a good opponent mm. to sell for cash. Gotcha. Perfect. So yeah, there, there's the big ones like that. And then on the other side of it, it's either going directly down to the courthouse, getting to know the courthouse people and, and, and pulling that data right when that, that foreclosure hits or right when the eviction notice hits or whatever those, those uh, niche lists that Todd's talking about, or there's the online side, like you said, where you can go to Fiverr or it's, it's funny, man, this goes back 11 or 12 years ago. The first list that I gathered um, was I went to a VA that was actually in, in India and we were marketing to attorneys. So you got to be like really, really tight with your legal stuff when you're marketing to attorneys. But um, we would go through the state bar websites and you guys will have to figure out what um, y- your local counties allow you to find and search online. But we'd go to the state bar websites and we couldn't download a, a list of the attorneys, but if you did a search, it would show all their info, like email, phone number, everything. But wow. you had to do a search in there. And so we discovered, oh, well, if I put the letter A in here and then hit search, it'll show all of them that have uh, a last name A. And then we'll get those if I hit the letter B. And so we just, we just sh- uh, shot a short video, sent that to the VA. And then they went and did that for 30-something states around the country where they almost all of them were the same, like A, search, B, search. Instead so of do a really manual process, cost a couple hundred bucks yeah. to have them go through and do that. And then we had a list that we then had to do something with. So you guys can get creative. And like Todd said, the more the more creative you get with that versus just going and buying a list that gazillions of other people have access to that exact same list, uh, probably the better the results are going to be. But it does take some work. So you've got to figure that out for sure. Okay, so let's say that they've got the list and you gave a bunch of types of niches that are working great, like the no data, the um, eviction, the um, uh, absentee owner, and there, there's a bunch of other ones. We'll include uh, those items here in, in, this, in this resource with you guys to start to look for. But I think one of the biggest things I would suggest that you guys do is if you're wanting to get active in direct mail, then go to the experts because they will help, help to guide you. you know, go work with Todd. Uh, go work with somebody that is, is an expert in this, and he's one of the biggest experts in the industry. Just like if you're doing SEO or Google pay-per-click and you're, and you're get, just getting going in, or you're just too busy to do the work yourself because you've got a big business you're running, you're probably going to want to go to the experts to have them find you the right keywords that you can then market to. Okay. It's the same thing. So now let's say you've got the list, you've got the piece and you're getting ready to mail it out. And on the previous video, we talked about, let's say a 10,000 piece um, drop. 
when should you do, when should you send out all the pieces at once versus staggering them out? And what type of kind of what type of setup do you guys tend to suggest to your clients on how far to do that? Is it, hey, we're gonna take the 10,000, stagger it out equally over 10 or over four weeks, over eight weeks? Kind of what do you guys suggest there? Right. And so when it comes to just how many pieces um, you want to mail out at once, that's kind of how you're set up. And we talked mm -hmm. about response rates and what you can expect. And you have to be honest, have that honest conversation with yourself. Say, okay, how many of these can I uh, effectively do if maybe I got another job or I'm doing rehab and, and doing, doing all of this? You know, what, do I, what do I need to do there? But when it comes to getting rid of leads or how often do we mail these leads or how long do you keep them, a, there's some intuitiveness that has to come into play here because it depends. If we're talking about an eviction, well, we know there's probably a three or four month sh shelf life there. Mm -hmm. If we're talking drive for dollars, you might leave that bad boy in there for perpetuity until you find it, find that that property is sold. Mm -hmm. So you really have to dig in. What the heck are we mailing to? Now, if we're talking about me and my marketing business, I've been mailing the same 60,000 people for 10 years, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's a large demographic plus, you know, um, uh, niche list that, that come in. And, and so it really kind of depends, right? Um, when it comes to the niche list, they're probably going to have a six to eight month window at best there, right? Mm -hmm. And you're gonna, those, those are going to fall off. Um, you definitely want to, there's a lot of talk about hitting guys six or seven times. If you're a mailer, if you're a person who is mailing at scale and you're mailing them for a purpose, let's say it's unknown list, it was transferred uh, in a trust, it was maybe predictive modeling, places like Audantic that, that are really great. Mm -hmm. uh, they're in that list for a reason. Until they sell that property, they're still in that list for a reason. And getting back to our first point of the first video, this is all about momentum and decision cycles of our sellers, right? You have for the year, maybe you mail 20, 30,000 people all, all, all year. Mm -hmm. Of those 20 or 30,000 people, maybe you have 150 potential sellers. They're right. all, not already in January. Yep. It's not. Yep. You got to hit, hit them again. And that's where the momentum comes into play. So a lot of that is intuitive based on the type of, leads you have. Mm -hmm. There's some leads, like I said, you keep them forever, right? Mm -hmm. You keep them forever. The ones, the more niche ones, they kind of have a shelf life on them depending yep. on their distress. And you have to go through there uh, periodically because again, niches, you probably have three to 5,000 or less. After that, it's more of a broad niche list scenario anyways. You probably yep. keep them on there forever. The niche stuff, got to get in there driving for dollars. I might keep those guys on there for a long time because at the end of the day, what's your time worth, mm -hmm. right? You know it's a fruitful list. It's it's been hitting for you. You're getting responses. You're getting calls. You're getting conversions. Leave it be. Keep adding. Keep trucking down the road until that stops. Yep, I like it. I like it. So a couple more questions on on this on kind of the overall strategy side of it. So you had mentioned, uh, and and it's kind of like it's been around forever, right? You know, seven touches, eight touches, and, and you kind of mentioned that. Um, and part of that is getting in front of them at the right time when they are ready. Because like you said, if if you've sent out, you know, to 30,000 people over the course of the year in that one window of time, only a very small percentage are going to be ready to sell at all, then ready to sell now and then ready to sell to you. And so um, with that one contact record, are you sending them the same mail piece every time? Are you mixing up the mail piece? You're going to do direct, you're going to do a postcard one time, then letter. How much are you mixing it up versus using the same piece over and over? 
Uh, yeah, again, that, that's based on the investor, right? Mm -hmm. I have investors who mail 150,000 pieces a month that mm -hmm. send the same postcard the past two or three years. Mm -hmm. They don't want to mess with it to, to them. If it's not, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Right. Yeah. And then there's the other side of that. Well, shoot. And it makes sense. It's a logical thing to think that your, your sponsor rates and, and they do in some instances increase by changing that postcard, the color, the envelope to, to a letter and changing all of that. So mm -hmm. it's definitely something you want to do at the end of the day, that question in my mind comes down to the investor themselves. Yep. What do you want? What makes you confident? To sending to sending that mail piece out and, and ready ready to go because not, quite honestly ninety percent of it is is us. Mm -hmm. There's only so much to this. Like I was saying, it's a very fundamentally basic game that we're playing here when it comes to direct response marketing. Yep. So what makes you feel comfortable? What makes you feel confident? And if you feeling confident is changing that mail piece, which is not going to hurt, right? Mm -hmm. It's not going to hurt. Um, is, is that what you want? Then you do it. Do we see response rates increases with, with, with that? Yes, we do. Mm -hmm. Is it uh, incremental? It is. Some some guys claim it's huge. Some guys claim it, it's just a big pain in the ass. I don't want to do it, right? Yep. So it's really subjective. But at the end of the day, it won't hurt you. If, if you feel more confident about switching up that mail piece, by gosh, do it. Get it out there. Get it done. Mm -hmm. And go on to the next. Cool. One, one thing I want to, kind of want to bring up is, is ROI. Because once again, that, that's that's one of the first questions that as someone who is experienced and inexperienced, like, hey, so what can I expect to get a return from this? And once again, guys, uh, we focus on the online side of things. So we really focus on ROI with SEO, ROI with PPC, things like that. But really, at the end of the day, uh, to me, it's a very similar, if not the same calculation. And what I like to do is the first thing, guys, is figure out what's the average profit per deal in your market, right? So I'm just going to go with round numbers. Let's say the average profit per deal in your market is 10000 bucks, Or if you're an agent, the average commission uh, per transaction is, is six grand. Like, right, whatever yours down, whatever yours is down, okay? If you're an agent or an investor. Okay, here's my average commission and my average profit. The next thing is uh, write down how many leads, like legit leads it takes you to close one of those deals. Now, uh, that really depends on your marketing method. So if you're doing organic SEO search, what happens is it takes a lot fewer of those leads to close into a deal because those people are seeking out a solution. There's a lot fewer of them, right? It's, it's, it's a tighter bundle of people. You're not going to be able to get your scale in your market with that, with that, where you get your scales with your outbound, you're, you get your scale with your outbound for sure. But you're going to probably close somewhere between one and eight to one in 15 of your leads into a deal uh, that reach out to you from the organic side of things. Google pay-per-click somewhere between one and 10 to one and 20, depending on your ability to close and your, are you answering live and stuff like that? Um, radio TV, we hear somewhere between one and 40 to one and 60. Because uh, a lot of that's just really broad, and then direct mail. What we hear, and I'd love to hear what 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 you hear. It's somewhere between one and twenty to one and forty. I know that's a big range, but it, there's a lot of factors there. Uh, is that what you guys kind of see too, uh, Todd? Is somewhere in that one to twenty, one and forty, like legit leads turn into a deal? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's really big players that we have that are sending a, a heck of a lot of, of mail and they're closing one in 30. And mm -hmm. that ROA makes perfect sense for them and and yep. they're off to the races. Some other guys are doing like the smaller niche stuff and driving for dollars. Man, as soon as they get that lead, they're closing every other one of those leads, right? So it really, really depends. And then we have, I have a customer who sends 450,000 mail pieces a month. And that's a huge, huge, huge number. They have those metrics down to, I think it's somewhere in the teens. And, and that conversation kind of leads us over to ROI, right? Yeah. And so ROI, 
right on that big man pajama guys, those 450,000 guys, when they're marketing at scale, they're marketing to everybody with equity at the end of the day. And mm -hmm. they also have a brokerage in house to help compensate for uh, marketing costs, but they're gotcha. three or four times their spend. Yep. Back, backing up from that, right? Getting to the broad niche list, the guys who have skilled sales teams, skilled follow-up and been at the game a little bit, you're going to have an ROI of probably, you know, six to eight to 10% mm -hmm. on that. And then it's, it's kind of wild, wild west when it comes to, uh, when it comes to uh, uh, driving for dollars and, and those super, super niche lists. It's all about yep. if you're consistent with it, uh, if you've gotten the full scope of, of niche list, because you're going to get a few and you're going to feel like, hey, man, I got my bases covered. But at the end of the day, you'll find out with the niche list, you're going to have one or two niches that are really, really profitable for you. Mm -hmm. And until you get there, until you find that little gold nugget, that stream, which can change, as we know, yeah. uh, your ROI is going to re really increase. And the ROI is off the chart at, at 500 postcards a month mm -hmm. and closing a couple of deals with uh, driver for dollars. So, I love it. I yeah. love it. Dude, that's, that's so good. And I want to break this down with people really quick so you guys can kind of uh, have, but number one, have the right expectations, right? Because that's one of the big things that, that I see when people start any marketing is they go into the complete wrong expectations and they end up giving up too early because they went into the wrong expectations. They didn't have the right time and money set aside to have success with it. They end up quitting. They say it didn't work when in actuality they were letting emotion lead rather than the math. So we're just going to use some basic math numbers. Let's say you're in a market where the profits aren't that big, right? And this is, this is like a wholesale deal that's not big. If you're an agent, that might be like a $6,000 number or $9,000 number. We'll, we'll just go with this, okay? okay. So let's say it does take you 30 of those leads uh, to, get, to get one of those deals. And this number might be 50, it might be 20, like what, whatever your list is, whatever your, your ability to close are. And then let's use the example Todd talked about before where we were going to send out 10,000 pieces at 3,600 bucks or so. Okay. That's how much it was going to cost. And then we were going to get a half percent response rate, which is 50. So if we take that number, uh, you know, what did it cost us to get each one of those leads? Well, $3,600 divided by 50 um, is, I should know this stuff, man. Calculators that kill you now. $3,600 <laughs> divided by 50 equals 72 bucks a lead, right? So equals 72 to ah can't talk $72 per lead okay so awesome so right here average profit per deal 10 bucks leads per deal 30 what I like to do next is I, I like to ask what would you trade right what would you be willing to trade in order to get that $10,000 deal in marketing now your number is going to be different I'm just going to use a nice round 25% number that's what we use on the online side but once again as you scale up any marketing whether it's uh, direct mail uh, cold calling um, PPC, when you scale it up, your margins tend to shrink quite a bit, right? So let's say I'd be willing to trade, you know, let's say three grand here, okay? Cool. I would trade 3,000 bucks all day long for this, okay? Yeah. Now, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go, cool, let me divide the $3,000 divided by the leads. And then that's gonna give you a number that you go, cool, the math shows that this would be sustainable at that rate for sure. And then the cool thing is, then you need to go, cool, well, uh, using this, I can get leads for 72 bucks. Where do I need to change stuff? Well, I need to find a way to get bigger profits. 
uh, to make direct mail really crush it for me, or I need to get my lead to close ratio better. So let's focus on a better niche list, or I need to maybe, maybe, maybe change my expectations on my profit. And let's say it's going to be 5k to get a 10k deal. So that's where you guys really look at it and get real, uh, get real with your expectations. So we'll go 30 divided by 3k, which I guess that math should be easy. It's like 10 and why are it's not 10? <laughs> so it's $3,000 divided by 30 equals 100. Okay. So right here, we're saying that as long as I get my leads for 100 bucks or less, this math equation works. I can make that math. I can make that, that marketing work now. So this is what I call your max cost per lead. Okay. This, that's what this is, max cost per lead. And then this is your max cost per deal uh, in, in this circumstance, assuming that these numbers are based off of some sort of logical deduction. So right here, guys, your average profit per deal or average commission is 10K. It takes you 30 of these leads to get that 10K. You'd be willing to trade $3,000 for the 10K. You divide those out. That means your max cost per lead in order to make this math work is 100 bucks. You could make this equation work all day long right there, guys. So make that work, make that work. And then right here, same thing, your max cost per deal is 3K. So if you dumped in 1,500 bucks into, into, into PPC or dumped it into direct mail, and you're like, man, I put $1,500 in, I haven't closed the deal yet. Well, you haven't, given, you haven't given math a chance to work in your favor. So keep working with Todd or, uh, or a company that you're working with and go, cool, let's keep at it because we haven't really got to the point to where math has, has worked for us yet. Keep working that, guys. Remove, That's remove emotion. That's, that's a perfect analogy right there. I like that. I like it, dude. So a couple more things here. What are some of the biggest mistakes that people make when they're doing direct mail? Then I've got one question after that, and then we'll wrap session two in here. and We'll, we'll lead into Christina Kraus for session three. But what are some of the biz, biggest mistakes that people are making with their direct mail right now? Yeah, I think we covered them a little bit. Let's cover them in a little bit more detail, but it's staying in your lane. Guys, yeah. go, going out, going and mailing to absentee list when you got no business mailing to absentee list one to three thousand uh mail pieces on a hope wing and a prayer that they're going to get a deal has yep. there been people in the past present or current or present or, or past that have have done that yeah and been successful yes but you're an mm -hmm. exception not the rule yep. the rule says you're going to need to put some time energy and, and effort into into this it is no longer a spray and pray mm. type of marketing strategy. It's calculated, it's fundamentally basic, but it's calculated, it's done on purpose to, to the right leads. So the mm. biggest thing is, like you said, setting expectations. Am I gonna go spend two or three grand in marketing and get a deal? Yes, if you've done the homework, you understand where people mm. are, are, are mailing, are, are, who is buying for cash in your market. You've paid attention to that, you've cultivated lists, You've gotten yourself organized and you've gone through courses if we're talking about brand new guys like John Martinez, the sales yep. programs and stuff like that because there's nothing more. The absolute mm. most important thing about a direct mail campaign other than just doing it is having confident, not great, but just confident sales and, and follow-up, being mm. present, show, showing up, right? Uh, and a lot of guys don't do not do that. They get, they get scared. They get worried. They get disappointed. All these no's. They hear no, no, no. Yep. I, I can't sell I'm not ever going to get a deal. And then, and, and then all of a sudden, boom, their, their deals pop. Yep. So it, it would be that setting expectations, not preparing themselves for a direct mail campaign and thinking mm. that they can leverage a dollar 
uh, on the low end, right? Yes. Like you said, maybe spending 1500 bucks when you need to spend three, yep. doing that interval once or twice sporadically, getting voted off of direct mail island, not being able to, to utilize it to its, its, its full potential. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely the biggest thing that I deal with at all levels of business. Mm -hmm. The guys just starting out, the mid-range guys, you know, because they've been trucking for a while, or even the really big guys who they've cultivated this big business and all these leads and all this momentum and, and things shift for them and they got to go back to the basics because yeah. they lost that. So it's all about the fundamentals. It's all about preparing yourself a little bit, setting that expectation, allowing that time to go by because when you spend that 1500 bucks or that three grand or whatever you're going to spend on direct mail, the first thing that happens when those first calls starts coming in and all they are is take me off your list, you start to go nuts. Yep. Like, oh shit, yep. I, I could have taken my family on vacation. I could have done this with the money. I could have done this. Yep. When that happens, it's going to happen. Slow your roll, let momentum mm -hmm. build. It's going to pay off. It's every gosh darn person that's ever been a customer of ours that has, has persevered through that and, and kept going and has a great business now mm -hmm. and sure as heck glad that they did. I love it, man. So I'm going to wrap up a couple thoughts there, which are awesome. So one thing Todd mentioned, guys, is the importance of follow-up and the importance of making sure that the people answering those phone calls are well-trained. So cool thing is Christina Krauss is going to be diving into those topics in the third session. So how do we make sure that we're making the most out of this direct mail and the, and the results we're getting back from it? So check out the third session. Now, if you're coming in on the second session, you don't have the rest of this series on direct mail for real estate professionals, for real estate investors and agents can leverage these same techniques too, especially if you want sellers. Go to carrot.com forward slash mail, carrot.com forward slash mail and get the entire series. Once again, it's applicable to anybody that's looking for a motivated house seller for sure, which is agents and investors if you're looking for that motivated house seller. Um, and the last thing is this, guys. So one, one thing that I didn't touch on here and it just popped up is kind of re, once again with setting expectations, um, we'll work with people on the online side of things where they're like, hey, I want four deals a month, but then they're only putting in a thousand bucks a month into their budget. So if you guys look at this, right, if you look at this and this is what you're willing to trade to get a deal, that 3K to get the $10,000 and you come at me saying, hey, I'd really love to build up to get three to four deals a month. What you need to do is go, awesome. If you're, if you're wanting to build up to get three to four deals a month, then you need to be putting in 3K times four each and every month to be able to get that out, assuming these numbers are right. Now, once again, you could start to close at a higher ratio and all of a sudden you don't spend that whole budget, right? This is your max cost per deal. You might get a deal at 2,200 bucks. You might get a deal at 1,200. You might get a deal at 4,200. But this right here, we're trying to say this is your max cost per deal according to these numbers, unless you want to change any of these numbers in the equation. But if you're wanting to get three deals out, you need to go, cool, well, I need to do three times three, 3,000 times three. So I need to be realistic and say I'm probably need to put in around nine grand to pull out those three deals, assuming that list that big is going to follow these numbers again. That's making assumptions that that's going to happen. So as you guys are going in and looking to scale out your marketing, whether it's online or offline, make sure to do the math, trust the math, stick with it, be consistent, follow through, follow up. And the third video is going to walk you through how to do that there. Um, once again, guys, carrot.com forward slash mail. Todd, we're going to wrap up this section of the direct mail series with you here. Any final parting words for people that are looking to dive in as an agent or an investor doing direct mail and where can they learn more about you or work with you? 
Awesome. Yeah. Just uh, be committed to the process, stay consistent with it, hang in there and, and prepare, prepare for that mail piece. Make sure you stay in your lane mm-hmm. and, and you carry that all the way through. And if you guys want to contact me, you can go to my website, uh, yellowletterhq.com. And uh, you can email me directly, todd at yellowletterhq.com. Thanks, guys. Perfect. Thanks, Trevor. Appreciate having me. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Let's see you in the next video, and let's get that direct mail roll. Thank you.